It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. Thursday edition of Locked On Rams. We're excited to really start and kick off another crossover series across the NFL Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to really be breaking down our schedule from week one all the way down to week 17, talking to all the hosts around the league that are on our schedule for the 2019 schedule. So I'm excited today to kick it off with Bill Rossetti. He is the host of Lockdown Panthers. We'll get that in just a few moments here. Before we do, want to give a couple of shout outs. Don't forget you can stream all of our podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network on the new streaming app Himalaya. Check it out, download it, hit subscribe for Locked On Rams, write a review. We appreciate all the positive words. Thank you so much. Also, Spotify, Google Podcast, iTunes, all the normal places as well for finding us to download. You can follow us on Twitter, Locked On Rams, and LA underscore Rambling Bear. Also on Instagram and Facebook, Locked On Rams. So check it out, join the community, jump in, say what's up, say where you're from. We love hearing uh, where everyone's listening from as well. But with all that good stuff out of the way, I'm going to throw it to our conversation we had earlier today. This is Bill Rossetti from Locked On Panthers. Hope you guys enjoy. We'll be back tomorrow, maybe with James Kroger again. See if I get a back-to-back week. Maybe someone shoot him a tweet and say you better see him back again this week. That would be helpful. But until then, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Peace. All right, welcome back, Locked On listeners. We're excited for today. It's kind of our crossover series in the offseason. We're taking a look at the schedule uh, that each team's have and talking to each of the hosts. I am Bear Motter of Locked On Rams. We also have Bill Rossetti with us from Locked On Panthers. Bill, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, Great to be here. Always fun to do these crossovers, especially in the offseason. Nice way to you know, kind of get through this dead period. So this this is going to be fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. The crossovers are the best, kind of getting on and chatting with people around the country that are doing the same thing, covering football nonstop. And you're right, this is the dead period. Uh, we've got some OTAs, which is, you know, getting excited about seeing some guys back in some helmets. But, you know, they're going to take a break before camp and, and come back and start playing some real football. So it's kind of fun to jump on and talk about, you know, where we stand, how we're looking. Obviously, uh, the Rams and Panthers kick off the NFL season out in Carolina. We'll get to that later in the show as we do some early, early predictions on that game. But wanted to start with you, um, talk about a little bit about the offseason, some of the changes, uh, health of Cam Newton. Where are the Panthers sitting at right now coming into this offseason program, getting ready for the season? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, they're Cam Newton still isn't throwing. Uh, they're they're still holding out hope that Cam is going to be able to throw by training camp. But for now, they're kind of limiting him a little bit. Not not seeing too much action. Not really much of a surprise, though. I think we we kind of expected this, but uh, definitely some changes in the especially in the receiving group. If we're looking at like some personnel, uh, we you know you know in the last couple of weeks the Panthers have 
brought in a few new faces at receiver, guys like Chris Hogan and Aldrick Robinson went out and drafted drafted Terry Godwin out of Georgia. So a lot, a lot of new faces, tried to bring in some playmakers and just some guys that are able to move the chains a little bit. And, you know, uh, the big free agent signing, of course, was Matt Paradis at center out of the, uh, or formerly of the Denver Broncos. And then, of course, the draft really addressed that edge position like they really needed to, uh, addressed depth at the offensive tackle position. So really going to be intrigued with some of those young guys, especially at tackle, uh, how they fit in, how they move guys around, especially Greg Little. And then I'm really curious what the defense is going to look like in terms of, you know, there's been all these rumblings of are the Panthers going to move toward a 3-4 or how much more of a mixed mixed package they're going to bring. Uh, early talks out of OTAs are that they have been using a lot of the multiple defenses. They've been mixing things up. So, uh, you know, when we get a chance to see it live, it'll be really in- interesting to see how – how they fit all this personnel in, how they kind of mix and match everywhere. So it's it's really intriguing, you know, and, and for a team that uh, lost seven straight games last year, missed the playoffs, I think they're kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, I, I think they're due for a step up this year. Uh, so they, they could this could be a team that could uh, surprise people a little bit or at least get back to kind of the upper level from where they were last year. So, you know, I, th- I think this is going to be a, a fun team to follow in uh, 2019. Yeah, you, you talked about kind of being under the radar, and I agree with you. Obviously, those those seven losses in a row that you mentioned kind of closing the season and the injury of Cam Newton, kind of people started writing them off at the end of last season and obviously throughout the offseason, made a couple splashes, but kind of kept uh, relatively quiet as they've rebuilt mm-hmm. a little bit. They had a couple of retirements and, and things like that. Uh, you mentioned – the health of Cam Newton, which I think is obviously going to become a bigger and bigger question the closer and closer we get to the season. Um, you guys went out and drafted Will Greer, I believe, in the third round. Um, yeah. Out here in L.A., we, we moved up and picked up a running back in the third round. And obviously, Todd Gurley's health is a question mark. We're not sure there and just trying to add some offense. But it was kind of a big noisemaker out here of being like third round running back. When we got Todd Gurley. Was that the same when, when you grabbed Will Greer out there? And are there any chances or, or whispers of potentially even seeing him week one if Cam's not ready? Uh, I don't know if he's going to be the guy in week one. I think he's more of, at least right now, someone they're pegging to really develop into the backup, at least early on. I think if Cam Newton isn't ready to go week one, I would say there's more of a chance that it's either going to be Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen as the starter there, uh, you know, they brought back Heineke on a one-year deal. Kyle Allen, I thought, looked pretty decent in his in his one start last year, thanks to injuries. Now, granted, uh, it was against the Saints before he went down with injury. Uh, I think they simplified the offense a little bit for him, so it made things pretty easy for Allen. And, you know, this was a game, of course, that the Saints really didn't care much about because they already had the number one pick locked up. Drew Brees didn't even play in that game. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, of course, got the start. So uh, I, I wouldn't expect Greer to really compete for the starting nod if Cam Newton can't go. Like I said, I think he's just more of the upgraded backup that the Panthers needed. A uh, little surprised, at least at the time, I was a little surprised that he fell uh, as far as he did. You know, I, th- I thought there was an outside chance that Greer could actually go late first round. I thought a team like maybe the Chargers could potentially look at him as their backup and maybe the potential 
uh, replacement for Phillip Rivers. Uh, at least in Carolina, you know, Cam Newton has a couple years left on his contract. Uh, not a lot of guaranteed money left. You know, not saying they're going to cut bait with him anytime soon, but, you know, they're, you do always have to think about the possibility that within, say, the next two or three years, you know, with a guy with guys like North Turner and Scott Turner t- teaching him and developing him, you always have to think about that possibility that down the line he'll eventually become the face of the franchise. But for now, I think he's just going to kind of lay low a little bit. I think they're going to work with him, develop him. I I still feel he has some work to do. You know, I, I wasn't overly thrilled with him. Uh, you know, you look at what he did at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. He wasn't exactly. Uh, outstanding. He wasn't. Uh, he, he didn't really shine. But uh, I, I, I think there's definitely some things that if he, if he works on a little bit, I think he can develop into a a pretty decent quarterback. But it's just going to take some time, I think. Yeah, I think that kind of you talked about his Senior Bowl and not wowing, and that's probably one of the reasons why he dropped down the border a little bit. But again, if you're the Panthers sitting there, and you're right, you're looking at trying to upgrade that backup position. Pretty good pick for them, uh, getting a guy that could potentially over the years, you know, solidify himself one as the backup. And if things really go south, Cam Newton, uh, maybe somebody that they start to turn with with a little bit more. But obviously that's all going to be played out in time and we'll see how uh, Cam recovers and then also how he can really hold up throughout a whole season again, uh, which is, you know, kind of his biggest challenge at this point. So, uh, but what we'll do is we'll step aside. We'll get a quick break, get a couple words from some of our sponsors. We'll be back with a little crossover. Locked on Rams, locked on Panthers right after this. Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Well, I'm going. 
All right, we are back. Second segment. We're doing a little crossover section uh, here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Reminder, you can find us always on the new streaming app, Himalaya. Go download it. Check us out. Find all of Lockdown Podcast uh, channels there. You can find us over at Lockdown Rams or LA underscore Rambling Bear. Bill, where can everyone find you at online? Bill underscore Rossetti on Twitter, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Of course, uh, Panthers Wire, Bengals Wire, uh, obviously Locked On Panthers. And, you know, even during the college basketball season, I do a little bit of writing there as well. So, you know, kind of all over the place, uh, you know, it kind of keeps me busy, especially during the, the lead up to the draft. Yeah, I can imagine, man. That's awesome. Sounds like... Content, content, content. Really good stuff. Uh, check them out. Especially toward uh, the end of March. Yeah. Or I should say beginning of March into, of course, March Madness. That's the that's the fun period. That's the prime time, man. And it, and it was uh, a, didn't disappoint this year again. Obviously, lots no, of storylines going there. Well, getting back to football, you know, we talked about one of the big players that, you know, you got coming on with Cam Newton, him getting healthy. Uh, one of the guys that really stepped up for you guys last year was Christian McCaffrey really kind of took that step uh, from year one to year two. I think he had about 1100 yards last year. Um, How good can this guy be? Is this kind of his year to really move one step higher? And I guess in comparison, I'm trying to, you know, look at our roster here and Todd Gurley uh, put up about 1200 yards uh, last year. Didn't play the last couple games due to injury. Um, but if you're if you would take a, a shot in the dark right now, do you think McCaffrey could pass Todd Gurley in yardage or is this a year he's a top five guy or or thoughts on, you know, McCaffrey and expectation this year? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to continue to love the the prospects out of Christian McCaffrey. I mean, even if you're looking around in fantasy football land, a lot of mock drafts have him going very early, basically in contention with guys like Gurley, uh, Saquon Barkley for one of those top picks, like one of those first few picks. In fantasy drafts, uh, the only thing is, you know, of course, they still like to run Cam Newton when they get into the red zone. Uh, they did talk a little bit about uh, not necessarily cutting back on McCaffrey, but just giving him uh, extra bodies or bringing in extra bodies at that position to kind of give McCaffrey a little bit of a break, maybe manage him a little bit better than they did last year. Uh, that was one reason they went and drafted the running back out of Florida in the fifth round, Jordan Scarlett. But, I mean, the 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 opportunity, the ability is still there. There's no doubt that he's going to put up a lot of rushing yards, especially with an offensive line that looks like it's pretty well intact now, you know, with the upgraded center, with the, with the strength now, or at least the being stronger than they were last year at the offensive tackle position. So the rushing yards are going to be there. The passing yards are going to be there because after Cam Newton, this, this offense still runs through Christian McCaffrey. So I, I still feel pretty confident that last year was not a fluke. You know, he's just, he's just going to continue to take that step forward. He's going to continue to be the focal point of the offense. He's just going to continue to be a budding star in this league. So there, there's no doubt, you know, again, if we're talking fantasy, I would have no hesitation taking him with, with one of those first, first few picks in the draft. Yeah. He, uh, he was taken right in front of me last year in fantasy. Uh, and the funny thing is I ended up with Saquon Barkley, so it didn't go horrible for me either, but it was one of those things where, yeah, coming up on your, your fantasy boards, you know, Christian McCaffrey's up there because he can catch the ball as well. You know, he's scoring both on the ground running and, and through the air and he's just racking up yards left and right. And you mentioned it other than Cam Newton, uh, he is the offense. That's that's about what they had last year. Um, and as you look at it, 
you talked about them addressing a little bit that during the offseason. But um, would you say the wide receiver position is the the biggest eyesore on this roster? Or where, where are you guys looking right now and, and need massive improvement quickly? I would say, you know, they, they definitely took strides in trying to rebuild the, the receiver position. You know, you, you lose Devin Funchess, who never really lived up to the potential that we had kind of hoped he would in Carolina. You know, he was a big body receiver, but that was really kind of all he was. You know, never, never fully panned out as hoped for. You know, hopefully he can kind of revive himself a little bit in Indianapolis, similar to, you know, what Eric Ebron was doing down there. But, right. You know, DJ Moore really took strides, I think, last year, especially in the second half of the season. I think they really want to implement him more into the offense as kind of their de facto number one, not not just as a deep threat, but more of a over-the-middle type guy. I think they're really excited about what he can do in all aspects of the game uh, in, in, and really in any spot of the field. I think they like the way he can stretch the field both vertically and horizontally. So they, they really like what they could potentially have with him. I thought Curtis Samuel played well as the season wore on. So I think you're going to see a little bit more out of him. And I'm intrigued with the, the two uh, free agent receivers that they signed, like I mentioned before, uh, especially more so Aldrick Robinson. Uh, you know, he's he's definitely got – well, they both have that veteran presence, both him and Chris Hogan. But Robinson seems like one of those sneaky guys that can really help. And it was interesting. You know, I, I wrote a short piece on Panthers Wire about the stat that Pro Football Focus put out about him when they signed him in that about 70 – I think it's about 70% of his catches, uh, of his career catches, have either gone for a first down or have been a touchdown. So oh, wow. similar to uh, Jairus Wright, I think, was a really underrated free agent signing last year. I think Aldrich Robinson has that possibility to be that this year. You know, he may not come in and catch – 100 or even 75 passes. He may only catch like two, three, four passes a game, but they could be very clutch position or very clutch catches uh, that can go for a key first down late in the game or a key score late in the game. So I'm really intrigued what Aldrick Robinson is going to bring to the table. I think the big question for me on offense is just how do they piece these players together, specifically the tackles. You know, you have Taylor Moten, who was fantastic last season at both left and right tackle. You re-sign Darrell Williams, and you trade up for Greg Little. Um, I feel there's still the possibility that, you know, I think you're sticking Darrell Williams at right tackle because he's been there his, his entire career. Uh, it's really the only position you know. So I would keep him there. Uh, and Greg Little, you know, he's more of a tackle anyway. Uh, so it's a matter of do they keep him there? Do they start him as a swing tackle on the bench and put Taylor Moten there? But also keep in mind that Taylor Moten played a little bit of left guard, or at least had some practice reps at left guard before last season, before all these injuries forced him to play left tackle in week one and then shift over to right tackle after Darrell Williams went down again. So I'm, I'm really interested just how they're going to build the offensive line and who they're going to stick where. And, you know, even during practice, how, how many reps they are going to give to each player? And especially a guy like Greg Little, you know, again, you, you could play him on both sides, I think. So I'll be, I'll be really curious how they start him out. If he's actually going to be on the bench or if they're going to just throw him to the wolves at left tackle. 
Yeah, there's some uh, similarities there with, you know, some of your concerns and what the Rams are coming into. Obviously, we feel pretty good about our roster uh, coming off of that Super Bowl run. But obviously, all the stats kind of go and play towards if you lose Super Bowl, uh, you're not going to have a great season the next year. I don't know if that's really the case with the Rams, but they do have some big question marks uh, on that offensive line. Obviously, uh, Saffold left to Tennessee in free agency. And, you know, we released Sullivan, our center. Uh, so we had two guys stepping in, Joe Noteboom and Brian Allen stepping into starting roles at, uh, coming from basically riding the bench all last year and watching these guys play. So uh, there's some question marks there. Obviously, we've got Whitworth probably on his last year. It is last year of his contract, but most likely last year of his career. Uh, so there's, you know, the Rams went from two years back to back having the most consistent uh, starting five in the NFL to this year, starting two brand new guys. So there's some big question marks there. We drafted a couple uh, offensive linemen as well. I don't know if they'll get an opportunity to compete in the O-line. I think it's really uh, the two guys coming in that I mentioned, Brian Allen and Noteboom, really their job to lose at this point. But some similarities there as far as uh, feel good about our offensive line, but there are some question marks. And obviously that will be played out in camp and and through preseason, even though the Rams are notoriously known uh, in the last year or so to not play starters, I think these guys should get some run to kind of uh, explore that and see really get some action at this point against other uh, NFL players. So they haven't seen much other than practice. But uh, what we're going to do is we'll step aside. We'll take another break. We'll come back. We'll do a little pr prediction. We'll kind of wrap this thing up uh, talking about Panthers and Rams here. Locked on Rams crossover. We'll be right back after a couple of brief messages. Can I kick it? 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 All right. We are back. Locked on crossover. We got Bill Rossetti. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. He's with Lockdown Panthers. We're kind of talking this thing out as our two teams face week one in the NFL season. Rams start on the road. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing for you guys, just from coming from a sense of the Rams under the Sean McVay era have been deadly on the road. I think they only lost one game uh, the first season and only two or maybe three last year. Um, so they have a pretty good record on the road and feel comfortable there. But it's a long ways away from home to start the season. Uh, looking at that game, we'll kind of just jump early in to hear some predictions and thoughts. Uh, maybe we can even elaborate further on to the season. But coming to that week one, how are you guys feeling uh, where the roster sits now, where you think you'll be and getting ready to play the Rams week one? Yeah, it's, it's uh, really intrigued with how the schedule came out and they just kind of are throwing the Panthers to the wolves. I think this is a really good opportunity for them to, uh, to kind of show that last season was a fluke, you know, that, that long losing streak was a fluke, you know? So I, I'm, I'm really interested, you know, obviously it's not like the schedule makers just said, you know, here, here you go, go prove yourself. It just kind of fell this way, but right. you know, week one against the reigning NFC champs, it gives them a chance to kind of get back into, you know, can they compete with the, with the NFC's elite, so I'm, I'm, you know, really going to be interested. You know, at home, like you said, it's uh, it's a long travel for the Rams, but going to be going to be tough either way. Uh, some really interesting matchups, I think. You know, looking at uh, we 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 talked about Christian McCaffrey, obviously a, a tough road right out of the gate against that strong front seven. You know, they did lose Indomitian Sue, but I mean, 
you know, you, you still have the best offensive or the best defensive player, arguably, uh, at least in my opinion, he's the best in the NFL. So, you know, what are they going to do against Aaron Donald? Uh, they brought back Dante Fowler. So how do they defend against him? Uh, the fr- front seven overall, you know, you, you still got a like out of the Rams. So it's, it's going to be a tough matchup, a tough sledding early on, but I think McCaffrey still could get his. Uh, you got you got to really like the secondary too uh, against this Panthers offense, you know, especially bringing in a guy like Eric Weddle. Uh, really intrigued what he's going to bring to the table uh, for the Rams. So, you know, like I said, tough matchup right out of the gate for the Panthers. Uh, really will be interested what Norv Turner comes up with against these guys. And then, you know, on defense, uh, for the Panthers at least, uh, you know, looking at the running back position, you mentioned the health of Todd Gurley. What's his status going to be? You know, are they going to have to go with someone like, uh, you know, will we see Daryl Henderson early on? Or, you know, they brought in or they have Malcolm Brown still in the mix. So, you know, what's what's the running game going to look like? But I, I think it's I think for both running games, it's going to be a tough matchup because, again, I think you, ha- you really have to like the Panthers front four as well. I mean, Brian Burns, the rookie we, we talked about, uh, really going to come in and really beef up that pass rush. And I think he's pretty good against the run as well. Uh, you've got one of the best or one of the better D tackle duos in Poe and Short. Although there's they're still a little bit thin at the defensive tackle position, but at least at the top they're they're really strong. And then obviously Luke Keekley in the middle floating around. And again, I think if they have that hybrid look, uh, especially early on, where you're not going to have a chance to really see much film on it, uh, early on it could give it could give the Rams fits. Uh, you know, a guy like Jared Goff, obviously it'll be his first actual game since the Super Bowl, which as we know was a absolutely disappointing performance out of him. So, you know, what you know, can this Panthers defense continue to frustrate Jared Goff? And, you know, because I'm sure he's going to be nervous com- coming off that performance. So I think if the Panthers can rattle him a little bit, it might give them uh, a, a bit of an opportunity if they can, you know, just keep that offense floating and just, you know, handle their own against that Rams defense. If they can get to Jared Goff, I think they might have a shot to hang around in this one. I don't know if they're, I don't know right now if they're going to win, but I think they, there are some ways that they can hang around and uh, potentially be in a position to pull the upset here. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like what you put down there and you're right. I think this thing will be close week one. I mean, you're talking about uh, two teams that have a chip on their shoulder coming into week one. You talked about, um, you know, Carolina and that losing streak, and they are just probably dying to get back out on the field. So they have an opportunity to, to you know, end that thing and get a win, especially at home. Rams coming off their last game, you talked about it, a really, really disappointing Super Bowl appearance where they put up three points. You know, they were top two, top three in the NFL as far as points and yards the whole year and then come into the Super Bowl and, and you know, without saying laying an egg, I mean, they basically did. Three points is for them was laying an egg. So, um yeah. I, I think it's an interesting matchup, as you mentioned. Uh, lots of you know player matchups. You talked about your D line against our you know um, you know Todd Gurley and Henderson, and how that matches up in the running game. How much are we going to see Todd Gurley? We're not even sure. Is it going to be you know fifteen carries? Is it going to be twenty five carries? There's a lot of question on that as well. And and Jared Goff shaking off that rust and 
The one thing that makes me nervous is you're talking about McCaffrey. It's just the matchup. Yeah, we've got some uh, you know, great players all around. Our secondary has, has been elevated with Weddle, the addition there. But uh, we gave up five yards per average on the ground last year. And, you know, we're really hoping that we, you know, we drafted Greg Gaines in the fourth round out of Washington uh, nose tackle. That's just a big dude, old school football player, you know, no sleeves, no gloves, uh, just kind of strap them up and, and smash helmets. So we're really kind of hoping that he will help improve up front on that D line and allow us to kind of shut down that run game. But uh, this one, you know, the Rams last year when they came together and everyone kept saying they're pushing all in for a championship was we made a lot of big moves. Uh, they came out really slow. Uh, we played opened up on the road Monday night football in Oakland. Uh, that first half was uh, kind of scary at seeing how our offense didn't move the football. Our defense kind of was giving up big plays uh, and they came out on fire in the second half and, and really took it to uh, the Oakland Raiders and went on and won that game and went to win 10 more after that. So, um, you know, something that obviously I think that they'll keep in mind as, as continuing to go on the road and, and start the season away from home against a team that's hungry, Cam Newton, a uh, lot of good matchups in the game. I think the Rams at this point though, just from top to bottom, uh, talent wise, I think are just a little bit better from their roster, uh, coming in on high confidence. Sean McVay, I think will have them focused on, you know, the small victories at that point, getting Cooper cut back, which was huge. I mean, guy we really missed in the Super Bowl. Uh, our wide receiving core really became a three headed monster throughout the season. And that's when Jared Goff was at his best work. You know, we had two guys crack the thousand yard mark, uh, with Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods and Cooper cup was about on that pace, uh, before he got injured. So, uh, to get him back really opens up the offense and allows him that safety valve when he kind of gets nervous or, uh, gets a little flustered in the pocket. He had that guy to go to, uh, whether it was Cooper or Robert Woods and then adding Henderson, really curious about that third round pick that we moved up to get and just seeing how they're going to use him. Obviously, early on the season, I don't expect him to get a ton of touches, but you never know. Uh, he's one of those guys that's a home run hitter. I think he averaged just over nine yards per carry uh, in his college career and his, his senior or his last year in college, obviously coming in a smaller conference, but the guy is a home run hitter. So hopefully we'll see a little bit of that. I think the Rams, uh, I think this one's tight. I think the Rams do squeeze it out with a with a victory. Uh, I, I have it in, in the 27 to 23, 21 range. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Rams in the second half just put this away. Uh, they're a three-phase football team. You know, special teams is one of the strongest things that they have on, on the roster. So uh, looking for you know that to be a difference maker as well. If you take outside of this game and looking at the full schedule, um, you know, what do the the Panthers need to do to you know consider this a successful season? Is it making the playoffs? Is it ten wins? Uh, what does the whole season look like? Obviously, you've taken a look at the schedule. How do you see this thing playing out long term for the Panthers? Yeah, I mean, the the nice thing is they have two early games at home, so they have a, they have a good chance to kind of get off on the right foot. You know, even if they stumble against the Rams, it's a quick turnaround against the Buccaneers. Uh, one of the things that jumps out to me is, at least with the schedule, is they don't have too many division games early in the season. In fact, uh, they only have two in the first half of the season, both against the Buccaneers. Uh, and then after that, they don't play a division game until week 11 wow. when they play the Falcons. Uh, so four of their last uh, seven, I believe, are are within the division. So. Um, 
And the, t- the two Buccaneer games, uh, that's like I said, it's a quick turnaround because that's the Thursday night game in week two. And then the second meeting is only four weeks later in London. Uh, and they do go out in week three to Arizona. That's their first road game. And the, the big key there, as we just recently heard, of course, was the suspension of Patrick Peterson. So I think that for the Panthers is a big edge because, you know, now you're not seeing one of the best corners in the NFL. So I think that's a big a bit of an edge there. Uh, it's, it's overall, it's a pretty tough schedule. Obviously they've got the entire NFC West, you know, if so they have Seattle at home later in the season. They'll travel to Arizona and San Francisco. They've got the AFC South, which we know is a very good division now. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, you hit, you had, Two teams make the playoffs there, nearly three. I mean, the Colts and Texans basically play the playoff game, and the Jaguars should bounce back now that they actually have quarterback. Um, but overall, I would say uh, a pl- playoff appearance should make this a pretty successful season. Uh, I, I don't expect them to win the division because the Saints are still the best team in that division, if not in the conference. But... They should comp- contend for nine, maybe even ten wins, uh, even even in a tough division like the South. You know, I, th- I think they're going to battle with the Falcons for one of those wild card spots. But I, th- I think the Panthers should be right there. Uh, you know, they were in some of those games that they lost last year, so they easily could have turned things around. So I'm, I, I think they're, I definitely think they contend for for a playoff spot here. But yeah, like I said, that second half of the schedule really going to be a defining stretch for them, I think, with both games against the Falcons and both games against the Saints, including clo- closing at home against the Saints. I mean, you never know. That could be that could potentially be a game. I don't know if it's going to be for the division, but it very well could be, you know, a win and you're in type scenario uh, f- for the Panthers, you know, especially, like I said, if they're competing with the Falcons for one of those spots. So uh, like I said, tough schedule, but I think they should be in playoff contention this year. Yeah. You got to like that. You talked about kind of the, you know, you get the bucks twice at the beginning of the season. If there's anyone in your division, I feel like that's who you'd circle to want to play twice early in the, in the year, Uh, you know, followed by a trip to Arizona, which, you know, they just obviously took the number one overall pick. So they're not coming off of, they do have some talent, obviously did a great job in the draft, but can they put that together really quick? So Hopefully, if it sounds right, it could be a repeat of last year, giving your guys an opportunity to have a pretty good position about halfway through the season with a good record and you know almost a reboot, a retry at closing the season out. Last year didn't work for them. Uh, obviously, some injuries and some other things that came up, but um, I'm sure that it'll be a mindset for these guys is to, hey, did we learn anything from last year? Can we close out a season uh, win some games when we need to and make the playoffs. And I think that would be a, a really big win for you guys. And I mean, this is a team only a few years removed from that Super Bowl uh, themselves. So, I mean, they've got talent. They know what it's like to play those games late in the year. So hopefully uh, given that opportunity, they can do that. We'll see how it all breaks down. The Rams on the, on the other side are um, same thing. We see a couple division opponents early in the year, but then finish uh, strong with uh, the Niners, the Seahawks, and Cardinals is who we end with, which hopefully for us at that point, if we're pa- facing the Cardinals week 17, we're looking to go back-to-back-to-back NFC West champs. Uh, that's been a rest game in the past few years. It would be nice for that to be a rest game again for the guys getting ready uh, for the playoffs. Obviously, we saw Todd Gurley 
uh, get banged up near the end of the year, and he definitely needed that rest. So hopefully that could be the case. But I think for the Rams, it's going to be another uh, you know, 10, 11 win season. Uh, we, we do look to have a little bit of an easier schedule. We do have some uh, teams on there, you know, Carolina included, that uh, can be scary, but you're not sure what they are yet. Uh, Cleveland Browns is another uh, game that we have on the schedule that is the same thing. You know, all the hype about them, but what really are they? Pittsburgh Steelers, we play at Pittsburgh. Um, you know, they've had a lot of turmoil, kind of curious to see how they really pick things up and move forward. Uh, they're always a tough place to play on the road, but I feel like if you want to play Pittsburgh at their home in the last five years, this is the year to do it. Uh, we'll see if that comes true when, when the season, you know, plays out. But man, that week one matchup, lots of fun, uh, out there in Carolina, two really good teams, lots of superstars, big names, uh, in the running back and quarterback area. And, uh, you know, it's going to crack off the season, hopefully with some good football. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But, uh, Bill, I appreciate you joining uh, today and having a conversation. Guys, remember, again, to check us out on the streaming app Himalaya. You can find all of our podcasts up there, Locked On Panthers, Locked On Rams. But, Bill, I appreciate it. I look forward to it. And hopefully we'll be chatting again soon, right as week one is coming back full circle. Oh, I'll be looking forward to it, buddy. You know, Great talking to you. And, yeah, definitely looking forward to Hit you up in September. All right. Best of luck. Stay healthy. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's the big one. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.